such a catch. I'm Erin, a 38-year-old single gal living in Los Angeles, California. Well, Redondo Beach to be exact. If you're tuning in for the first time, don't worry, you haven't missed much in terms of my love life. <laughs> but I will give you the Reader's Digest version just to catch you up to speed. So I was married. I am formerly Mrs. Butts. I actually never took his last name, but yes, Butts, B-U-T-T-S. If you want that whole story, feel free to tune in to the first few episodes, but I got divorced in 2011, so yeah, do the quick math. I have been divorced for nine years. I've pretty much been single ever since, (laughs) with an occasional relationship here and there, but nothing really to write home about. So I moved to the South Bay in 2015, thinking that it would up my chances at love. Ooh. Yeah, there's definitely more of a single scene here. That's very true. But when you throw a job where you're constantly traveling, I cover 32 states. I travel pretty much every week. You have the nuances of dating apps where you're basically just swiping based on appearance. Has somebody's sense of humor, their character, their personality? I mean, I guess your personality can kind of shine through on a dating app, but, you know, it's not the same as meeting somebody in real life. And I also have, let's just be honest, some pretty high standards. So I just haven't met the one. I put that in quotations because hopefully there's more than just the one out there because that seems like impossible to find if it's just one. But anyways, yes, so... It's all gonna change in 2020. I believe that. 2020 is the year. You heard it here first. My single streak is going to be over. (laughs) So yes, I am hopeful. This is week four of the She Can Do It, the empowerment series. This is a short mini series of episodes I put together Basically because I just wanted to recognize and honor and showcase some in-charge chicks who are out there just doing it. They're making it happen. So I've invited them on to share their stories, their passion, and their purpose. So far on the show, I've had Aura Vasquez. She is a fiery Colombian who's currently running for city council in Los Angeles, District 10 to be exact. If you haven't registered to vote and you live in L.A., Get out there. Do it. (laughs) You have time. Election day is March 3rd. So you can still go out there. You can still support my girl. She is a busy bee. Every day I see her on social media, she is out there doing something. So yes, support her. I've also had Sarah Centrella, who is a best-selling author and empowerment speaker. She is helping me create the future of my dreams through her book, Hashtag Future Boards. So if you don't have the book and you haven't heard of it, go get it. Life-changing. I finally finished 
my homework assignments, yes. Uh, if you've been following me on this journey, I've taken it really seriously. Like one day I will just take a quick little video of all the pages of my homework just so you can see I actually put the work and the time in. But yeah, so I'm actually on the part where it is time to create my future board and I will keep you posted because as I do that and as I create that, I want to share that with you. But I get to meet Sarah on February 8th. So I I am going to attend her masterclass in LA. I'm super pumped. If you want to join me and you've been following this journey and you've read the book or you're getting the book and you're, you know, doing the homework right now, there's a few spots left. You can find that on her website, sarahcentrella.com. And then last week I had Catherine Solholt, former nanny, now a mommy to one with another one on the way on the show. Catherine and I talked about a few different sensitive topics. So we talked about IVF, infertility. We talked about freezing one's eggs. I am currently in the process of deciding if that is something I want to do. And it's funny because for this past couple weeks, I have been desperately trying to buy a ticket to the Super Bowl with my childhood friend, Hope. She's such a trooper. She went with me last year, like on a whim. I was already going to the playoff games. That was my commitment to my team. I was traveling with them. So I had already booked my trip to Baltimore to support the Chargers. And last minute, Hope gets a ticket. Like she books a flight and she gets on, you know, whatever tickets it was and and she finds the ticket next to me. I don't know how this happened. I mean, it was meant to be. And she flew out to Baltimore and everybody told us Baltimore was a crazy city and to be careful. And oh my God, we just had the best time of our lives. We drank wine with Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa's mom at the hotel. And I got to meet all the players and oh my God, it was just a dream come true. So I told her anything I can do to support her and her team, um, which is the 49ers, which is also my dad's team. And I am totally going on a tangent right now because I am such a sports girl. (laughs) Yeah. So the 49ers are close second in my heart. So I really wanted to do this for her. I wanted to go to Miami to watch that game. And I really thought it was going to happen. So we are putting it on our future boards for next year. But this total tangent has everything to do with Super Bowl tickets are expensive. And that is why we aren't there. Because this supposedly is the most expensive Super Bowl to date. We watch ticket prices like a hawk every single day and they never dropped under $5,000. So anyways, if I was willing to spend the money to go to the Super Bowl, however, you cannot put a price tag on memories, I should be willing to spend the money to freeze my eggs. So yes, that was that whole big (laughs) tangent, ramble, ramble. But anyways, I was really surprised that the episode fared as well as it did because I knew the subject matter wasn't applicable to everyone. But I have to say that I have the best listeners and the comments, the dialogue it started. I so appreciate everyone because, you know, it's just confirmation that these are real issues and that people do want to discuss them and hear other people's opinions on them. And maybe also just get some encouragement or just know that you're not alone. 
So my sister from another mister was quick to text me and she's like, Erin, Catherine said it would be nice for you to have a backup plan. (laughs) And she's right. So I love you, Cassie Cakes. I'm going to work on my backup plan that is on my to-do list for February. So I'll keep you guys posted on that as well. I also dedicated that episode to my mom. I don't know why it got me so emotional, but yeah, I wanted to give my mom a shout out. But when I was talking to my mom earlier this week, we had a good laugh because Catherine and I, which is funny because my mom's name is also Catherine, but Catherine, my guest, and I may have allegedly dropped the F-bomb on the episode, and we also talked a little bit about dick pics. (laughs) So when I went to dedicate the episode to my mom, all jokes aside, it felt kind of funny, but you know, the reason that I think I want to have a child of my own is really to replicate the bond that I have with my mom and with my parents because, you know, my mom, she is truly my biggest fan. She's my best friend. And honestly, I can't imagine what life would be like without her. Speaking of my mom, on my 36th birthday, so as I told you, I'm 38 right now, so this was a couple years ago, my brother, he planned the sweetest surprise birthday party for me, So, and, and he's so cute, and he's probably going to kill me for saying this on the air, but whatever girl ends up with my brother, she's a lucky gal because he is so freaking thoughtful. So he plans this whole trip with my folks, and I knew they were coming. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what we were doing. I hadn't even seen my plane ticket, really, until he had made like this very cute plane ticket, and he gives me some instructions like, what clothing to pack, kind of what the weather is going to be like there, but doesn't give me any much detail, you know, from that. So we flew to Sacramento and I was like, oh, we're going home because <laughs> I'm from Reading. But no, we weren't going home. We were going to Tahoe. So my folks picked us up from the airport and we drove to Tahoe and we had rented a very fun like cabin Airbnb. And the whole trip was based upon just being in the outdoors, getting to hike and and, you know, just enjoy each other's company. So I don't remember which day of the trip it was, but we set out to go hiking. And my parents are a little bit older. They had uh, my brother and I when they were older, but they're still very much active. My dad goes to the gym every day. My mom goes to Curves. They're pretty fit. And, you know, my brother, of course, is the epitome of health. <laughs> he goes to the gym like twice a day and keeps us all in check. But so we we set out on this hike and it was just beautiful. We we're, you know, taking it all in, the mountain and, you know, the sky and the, the lake around us and we get to a certain point where the weather is kind of shifting and, you know, there might have been some light thunder and I'll be honest, we we do not have like or at least I did not have, you know, proper hiking attire. I don't think my mom did either. We were just wearing sneakers and, you know, just kind of like normal athletic clothes, but we had seen this lake that we had hiked into. And so we were gonna turn around and head back. And we're competitive with our Apple watches and I was on a pretty good pace and we were going kind of like downhill. 
And I was quite a bit ahead of everybody. I mean, I could turn around and I could see the family behind me and and I was doing that and I very much regret that. I'm gonna get choked up. But anyways, I get to a certain point and I pause, I pull to the side of the trail and I look back and I see, it looks like my mom is sitting down and my brother is kind of, you know, right there next to her. And my dad's, you know, there and and these people walk by. And I said, uh, you know, I said hello to them. I greeted them. And I thought I thought she was just pausing to take a drink of water or something. And they say to me, are you with them? And I said, yeah, I said, that's my, that's my mom. That's my family. And they said, oh, they said she, she fell, she fell pretty bad. And they said, you know, that she looked hurt. And so I take off into a jog and I catch up to them. And when I get over there, my mom looks at me and she says something like, Erin, am I bleeding? And I mean, she had a gash in her head and there was blood you know, (laughs) it was like pouring from her head. And I looked at my brother and he looked at me and I was like, oh my God, you know, because here we are, we are on top of this mountain. (laughs) We are not close to anybody. I don't even think we had cell service. And I mean, my worst fear is playing out in front of my face, you know, in front of my eyes. Sorry, let me pull myself together. So in that moment, you know, I don't know what happened. I didn't see her fall. I didn't see it happen. I was far ahead. So in that moment, my mom asked me that question, and then she immediately passes out. Now, I don't know she passes out. I thought she died. And so I screamed. I reacted how I think anybody would have reacted. My dad didn't. (laughs) My dad like kind of hit her on her cheek. He must have known she had just passed out. And my mom is known to be a fainter. I am probably the dramatic one in the family and the most emotional one. And I think my brother was just in shock. But anyways, my dad smacks her on the cheek, you know, and, and she comes to praise the Lord. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, it's okay. And so she gathers herself. I catch some hikers coming back down the mountain and ask them to call um, 911 and get us some help. But yeah, so I guess the point of my story here is that this week, the city of Los Angeles, the place that I now call home, was rocked when Kobe Bryant's helicopter came crashing down and killed not only him, but his daughter, in seven other passengers. And I was sitting on the couch at home when this happened and I was watching, ridiculous as it sounds, I was watching uh, Siesta Key, (laughs) don't judge me for that. But I got the alert on my Apple Watch and I don't have cable anymore. So when I got the news on my watch, I turned on, you know, one of the apps that I have and and I started watching the footage from Calabasas in disbelief like everyone else did. I text my family, I stay glued to the TV. I was watching as information was shared and speculated upon. And then, you know, like at first they said it was only Kobe and then they shared that his daughter Gigi was on the flight with him. She was only 13. Uh, 
immediately the waterworks just started again and and I couldn't help but think about Vanessa, Kobe's wife and Gigi's mother. Oh, yeah. So if you've been listening to me on this podcast, you know, personally, I, I used to really love the game of basketball as much as I love football. You know, today I, I was a diehard Clyde Drexler fan. He's the reason my lucky number is 22. And I love Clyde so much because of his sportsmanship I didn't want to be like everybody else who loved Michael Jordan. I wanted to be different. So I found a player that I identified with who was still a great. He was amazing. He was a great player. He had good character. And he was a good role model on and off the court. And it was probably about that time that Kobe entered the game. Kobe was still young. And I was still Drexler obsessed. But Drexler retired in 1998. And I kind of interest in basketball over the next few years and and fell in love with football. But I knew who Kobe was. Everybody knew who Kobe was. And I knew he was good. I was still married to my ex-husband during this time. Well, not not in the 90s, but in the uh, 2000s, kind of like mid-2000s. So the Lakers became my team. They were my ex-husband's team, and he followed basketball. He was a huge Lakers fan, and we had a Kobe Bryant number eight Christmas ornament that we hung on the tree every year. I still hang it up on the tree, but I'll be honest. I was a little out on Kobe after he was accused for sexual assault in 2003. I know this is controversial, and I've been reading a hell of a lot of articles and watching a hell of a lot of video clips on this, but hear me out. So I'm not a journalist, so I'm not just supposed to report the news as is. I, I'm a podcaster. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> that's probably the first time I've ever said that, but here's the deal. When you've experienced sexual assault personally, it impacts how you perceive similar situations or alleged situations amongst a few like slew of other things. So remember when this all kind of came about, I was 22 at the time. So I was a completely different person than I am today. And I remember watching the case unfold in the news and feeling the pain of the alleged victim. And if you follow the case at all, you remember it was controversial in and of itself. So this was the pre-Me Too movement, and some really crazy things happened during this time. You know, like the accuser's name was leaked, her sexual history was discussed and speculated on. She became like the target, really, of like disgruntled Kobe fans. You know, she even received death threats. So she ended up doing what was best for herself. She dropped the case. And a civil case was settled, you know, a couple years later in 2005. So Kobe publicly apologized. He stated that he thought what happened between the two of them was consensual. He recognized the fact that the two of them had a different opinion and view on what went down. But he did apologize, which, you know, is noble. But what bothered me more so about the situation at the time 
wasn't him committing adultery, you know, which truly is is none of my business nor anybody else's, but it was the fact that he bought Vanessa this $4 million ring. And again, please don't don't stop listening because this is in no way a bashing session or anything like that. This is actually the the polar opposite. But yeah, I mean, so I distinctly remember watching her sit by his side and and I was upset about that. And I I can remember her face, you know, she sat there just just with uh, a straight face, supporting the man sitting next to her. And I was mad because in some way, shape or form, I wanted her to be this example. I wanted her to not accept that behavior. I wanted her to show like this man who had all this power that, you know, he didn't have that kind of control over her, you know, but she didn't do that. She forgave him. She did eventually file for divorce, and that was a thing for a while, but they eventually reconciled. One of the lessons that I think I've learned already after this horrific accident this past Sunday is that Kobe Bryant was a human. He was a human being, and I was or am in no way, shape, or form to judge him for his transgressions or anything else. And at 22, my perception of Vanessa and her decision to stay and forgive was weakness. But what I realized today at 38, in the wake of this tragedy, is that it wasn't weakness. It was actually strength. Not only did she stand by her man, agreeing to forgive him, she had to deal with the feelings, the hurt, the pain, the sadness, the anger of what it felt like and what it was like to see him step out on their marriage. But she did that in front of the world and in front of a live audience. I can only imagine What I've learned after this situation in wake of what's happened and as I've watched these social media video clips and clips of his appearances on Ellen and videos of him and his girls and I've read these articles now about his work ethic, his acts of kindness, you know, his involvement with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and how he never really sought, you know, publicity for that. You know, his, his work with this children's book and his short film that he won an Oscar for. I realized what just an extraordinary human being he was. I watched the tribute in this past week, the first game back since his passing at Staples Center, and I was just touched by LeBron's speech, the musical performances, and all the people that gathered in that arena to pay tribute to the Mamba. So so what I've realized is my decision to kind of tune him out when I was 22 and to not pay attention to the work that he was doing and to giving him a second chance. I mean, it's not like I bashed on him. It's not like I let it impact my day to day or anything. I just kind of went on with my life and didn't realize all of this work that he was putting forth to be a better person and to be a better man and 
And his fans, I am certain, were following the journey and were watching this unfold in the day-to-day. And I am so upset that I wasn't a part of that and that I didn't get to witness that as the reel was rolling. And now I'm actually watching it in the past tense. But as these murals are showing up around the city and there are purple and yellow reminders everywhere. In fact, I got my nails done this week and I started to have the new receptionist at Nail Garden, you know, my favorite nail salon. I always shout them out, pick out my colors. I did pick out my colors, in fact, and and I sat down and Na looked at me and she asked me if I was upset about the Kobe news and I told her yes and she said well then we're not painting your nails this colors and she got up and she went back to the the polish and she came back and she said we're gonna do purple for Kobe and so yes I have these beautiful purple nails right now in honor of Kobe and Gianna and the seven other people who lost their lives that day but while we try to make sense of why this happened how could this happen And we ponder how life isn't fair when we hug our loved ones tighter and we make sure that we close all of our conversations with an I love you and pause, you know, just a second to be thankful that we're still alive, that, you know, we're still breathing. Vanessa is at home and I'm sure she's surrounded by friends and family You know, she's with her three girls who need her because she's still their mother. And while her heart aches about losing the man she's loved since she was 17 and her baby girl who was only 13, who is far too young to go, she yet has to mourn and deal with these feelings of hurt and pain and sadness in anger again in front of the whole world, in front of a live audience. Today, my 38-year-old self wouldn't even think to judge the situation or anyone involved. Like I mentioned, at 22, I was immature. I you know, wasn't looking at the big picture. I was heavily influenced by a situation that occurred in my own life. And that's taken a lot of growth a lot of time, a lot of healing, you know, a lot of forgiveness, something that, again, Vanessa was able to do to get to where I am today. But there's a lot of talk out there and speculation on what happened. And and again, you know, it's of my opinion that we are in no way, shape or form to place any judgments. And the most important feeling that we can have today or emotion we can show is empathy. So I have no perspective on even the pilot. I mean, he lost his life too. The only judgment I may place (laughs) is on Team Z, you know, and I mean that in a joking manner, but also in a serious manner. They should have been more sensitive to these families, and it isn't cool that Vanessa found out that way. So as we mourn these lives that were lost too soon, what I've noticed and what I love and what I'm going to hang on to is that it created a movement. It created this impact that I don't think anyone would have predicted. So this man, however people may feel about him, whether he was, 
just a basketball player, a hero on the court, whether he was a child's role model, whether dads who had made similar mistakes in their lives were using him as an example. If Kobe could do it, he could do it. You know, this this movement of girl dads, he's touched so many lives. He's influenced so many people, and he is an extraordinary example of discipline and hard work. And in a time where the country is truly divided, and sometimes it feels as if we've lost humanity, this is a reminder that there is still compassion, there is still a sense of community, there is still togetherness, and there is still empathy in this world for others. And if you don't believe that, come to LA right now. Come to LA. You can't drive down a freeway? Without seeing Gigi and Kobe on billboards, the Staples Center is covered. Everybody is wearing their Lakers jerseys. And there is just this overwhelming feeling of sadness, but more so support, as if we're all brothers and sisters in this, you know? As I close this episode, I ask that you remember all of the strong women and up-and-coming girl bosses who lost their lives in this tragic event. Carrie Adabelli, Alyssa Adabelli, Christina Mazur, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and Gianna Bryant. May they rest in peace. Thank you for tuning into your such a catch in the spirit of expressing our feelings and showing gratitude thank you for tuning in each week i appreciate your comments your feedback your texts your emails oh you do feel my fire and if you aren't following me on social media let's change that hop on over to your such a catch to see my tribute to kobe and my girl dad post comments, thoughts on today's episode, you can always email me at erin at yoursuchacatch.com. And a quick announcement here as I <laughs> quit sniffling into the microphone. So I'm getting ready to launch a pin collection that you'll be able to purchase off my website. So originally it started out as a thought I had to create a little movement. So the pins are very cute. I, I have them in all different races. I wanted every you know race to be represented with these pins. It's more so not even about the pin. It is about the message and the intent behind the pin. So the idea is that you know I created this podcast, You're Such a Catch, because I believe that who we are as people isn't defined by our relationship status. And the fact that I'm a single gal at 38 doesn't mean that I don't have things going for me. It doesn't mean because I haven't met a man that I am not smart and, you know, funny and savvy and intelligent and pretty. I'm still a catch. And so Sometimes I think we lose track of that, you know, because society tells us that you have to be a certain way or you have to be at a certain stage of your life to be validated or to have achieved this certain status. And I wanted to dispel that myth. So I created these pens as a visual reminder, but with the intent that a friend or a loved one or, you know, even random stranger who just admires another human being could 
reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, I think you're a catch and this is why. So I'm starting that movement and I'll have these pins on my website. I've already started to give them out to guests who've been on my show and to some close friends who've supported me. But yes, they will be available soon. They're they're going to be out um, as the perfect gift, you know, with Galentine's Day coming up. But after this tragedy with Kobe and, and Gigi, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, what if I replaced the football with a basketball? And what if I created a pin in their honor? So I went back to my artist and I went back to the company who helped me produce the pins. And um, that artwork is being produced right now. And those pins will be available shortly as a tribute and honor to Kobe and Gigi. I'm thinking too, as a gift from, you know, fathers to their daughters, you know, to say why they think their daughter is such a catch. And then also in memory and honor to Kobe and Gigi. So anyways, it's in production right now. Um, They'll be available shortly. And I... Um, I'm definitely going to donate a percentage of um, those sales back to Mamba on 3, which is the fund that Vanessa has created to help and support the families that were affected on this horrific day. So stay tuned for that. But again, I thank you for bearing with me through this conversation. I was definitely emotional. So I just want you to know that I, I feel this pain with you and my heart goes out to Vanessa. I just can't even imagine what she is going through. So if you have just a moment of your day to send some good vibes her way, to say a prayer for her and her family, I am sure she would appreciate it. And in the words of LeBron James, what he said in his beautiful speech right before that Lakers and Blazers game, Mamba out but never forgotten.